I was in this job that was like destroying my soul on a daily basis. And so like we found Boy, hopefully Rick. not the one we used to work <laughs> together in. Uh, <laughs> we're going to cut this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the We Used to Work Together podcast, a show celebrating the casual conversations we used to have when we worked together. I'm Scott Lesser, one of your hosts, and joining me today are a few of my former co-workers. How you doing, John Mosesman? What's up, what's up, what's up? Good. Not too much, not too much. And uh, another fella who's only got one more sleep until his favorite thing, which is anything but podcasting, Brian Ketron. By the time they hear this, it'll be negative 13 sleep. Let me date this episode instantly and let me finish introducing you before you talk. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Have you learned nothing yet? No, I get too excited. (laughs) Hey, boys. Good to be back together. Does uh, somebody want to tell new listeners what's up, how to follow us, all the goods? For sure, for sure. I think that's me today. What's up, everybody? Uh, We are, like Scott said, the We Used to Work Together podcast. And we three, John, he's the deep sultry voice and scott he's kind of the nasally higher pitch kind of guy. The kermit the frog type of sounding guy <laughs> kind of that guy uh we all used to work together at the same place and we used to have just off the wall random conversations and one day scott said you know what let's throw some mics in front of our face and throw this on a podcast so that is what we did and well now that's what you get every other week you get to hear from us talking about random miscellaneous things and back to you, Scott. Yeah, and because you didn't, even though I queued you up, you didn't <laughs> hey, cover Brian, it. If uh, I was a listener, where, where would I follow us on the internet? <laughs> so Have you ever used Twitter or no, Instagram or anything? Here's the best part is I thought it, I saw it, and I went, is this the spot? So anyway, now you guys are getting that. Don't want to plug us too much. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want them to know too much about us. But as they were saying, you can hit us up, follow us on Twitter at We Used to Podcast. You can email us at fans at we used to work together.com. Might even read your question on the show one day. And also be sure, whether you're listening to on us to us on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple, what is it called? Apple Podcast, leave a five star <laughs> review. Get them out of here. You, Get them out. Even if you're listening on Spotify where you can't drop a five star review, figure it out. Still do. Still do. Screenshot. Get- Email Spotify. <laughs> I feel like uh, algorithmically, no, the more you listen, the more you promote. So just give that bad boy like 10 or 20 listens. Yeah, Anyone else? Bad, yeah, put that cha-ching in our pocket. Anyone else feel like this show's going to come off the rails? <laughs> I don't think it ever started on there. So it's, It is it's feeling good. like a double record night, even though we're not doing that. <sighs> okay, can I can I hit you with some Twitter funnies that I found? Please yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me out one, of here, J-Mo. First one, I'm going to describe you the tweet, then I'm going to tell you who it is. It says, 1v1 my pet IRL and get scorched, son. Raise your own dragon at howtoraiseyourdragongame.com. This is a sponsored ad I came across. I'm going to give you two <laughs> seconds to guess who made this ad. Ash Ketchum. How to train your dragon. Vitamin water. What? What? I'm dead serious. Hey, read it again because I didn't. I don't think 1v1 I picked up my anything. pet IRL and get scorched, son. Raise your own dragon at howtoraiseyourdragongame.com. I clicked it and it's like a flash dragon raising, <laughs> like Neopet thing. I don't get it. They're, they're bringing Gigapets back. Okay, number two. <laughs> Topical. BCAT, you're living your life with your wife out loud on Twitter. And so I came across <laughs> something that I saw. It's relevant to some news that has recently come out. 
I'm going to play this drop because it's relevant to this episode and I love the drop. So here it goes. Every song I download has to pass a series of rigorous tests to answer one simple question. Is it a banger? How many beats per minute? How many drops? How dope are the drops? Were any acoustic instruments used? If so, it is not a banger. Okay, Brian Ketron. <laughs> new T-Swift oh. album. Is it a banger? Banger. Ooh, I haven't, banger. Got, to, I haven't got to listen to it yet. So it's I a agree. banger. So, okay, so I do have to tangent us for just a second. My wife hates Taylor Swift. So she, it was her first album. Do we have an open like beef starting right now? Maybe, maybe. Taylor, Taylor v. we Taylor. still love you. We know you're listening. Uh, but it randomly came up. I think you must have saw something on Twitter or something because yep. it recently, it recently came up in a group setting, and there was Taylor could, that's my wife, could admit that Taylor Swift has done like there was not one thing she has done well. Not songwriting, <laughs> not instrumentals, That's not a bold. single song. And we were just wow. like, okay, you hate everything about her. Is it the name? Is it the shared name? I feel like That's your wife so- and I might be the exact opposite people. Because like the Cooler Ranch thing, the T-Swift thing. I feel like we're just opposite on everything. Uh, you might be. You might be. Also, when my wife decides that she does not like a specific genre or like celebrity R.I.P. that celebrity. You ain't ever coming back from that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's my last Twitter thing. This has been going on for a couple weeks now. I had a guy send me a message, and it's it's like a next-gen Nigerian prince scam. Talk to me. Talk to me. So So I've seen this guy replying to you, and I'm curious if this is him. So he's been replying. So I wonder if they – okay, let me just say what he said, and then I've been thinking about, like, the process on this, but – his name is Roberto Telliera. He says, hello, Mosesman. I work with the Barclays Banco Portugal. Writing <laughs> you from Portugal, I have in my bank, parentheses, Barclays Banco Portugal. The existence uh-huh. of a huge amount of money that belongs to a customer, Mr. Pedro Mosesman. He has I the like same it. surname as yours and originated from your country. Blah, blah, blah. Send me money and we can get you this large amount. This is all and tweets. This is in a Twitter DM. Uh-huh. And so, of course, so I saw this TED Talk where a guy replied to spam for a long time. So I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. So I was like, oh, that's terrible, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So he sends me this other very long message. Let me just read you some of the, uh, <laughs> there's $2,500,000. That's how we use numbers in English. Yes. <laughs> he says, it is 100% risk-free and fully guaranteed. All you have to do is follow my instructions and keep everything secret between right. us. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this part's great too. There is no risk involved. This transaction will be executed under a legitimate arrangement that will protect both of us. Okay, I gotta find this part right here. So this is like a very long message. Blah blah blah. Send you this stuff. Still talking to him. And he <laughs> he says. <clears throat> It was during my search that I came across you and believed you are human with good instinct mind. <laughs> this transaction has to do with your instinct mind. I felt that is God's plan, so this should go through you. And then later he says, don't worry, this is a fully legit and legal <laughs> transaction. Well, he's so unrelated. Uh, where do I need to send my money to? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that sounds like a scam. Can you point him in my direction? So I've been talking to him, and I've been, his name's Roberto, and I've been slowly changing it to, like, Robert, and now I just call him Robert, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> but 
I yeah, I've been talking to him for like two weeks, and I keep um, just messing with him. And I was like, oh, sorry, I had a kid. You know, I'm not replying much. He's like, oh, maybe you could use this money for your kid. And then I was like, how do I destroy this guy? Don't you dare bring <laughs> my kid into this. Well, didn't you bring your kid into it? I did, but then he used it, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> very so smart, very fun. smart. Uh, John, this isn't Twitter-related, but uh, it is something that I do I feel like I need to address on the show. And you had sent us, Brian and I, a message earlier in the week saying, don't at me, best biscuits and gravy in the biz, and from mm-hmm. Carl's Jr. Mm-hmm. So I went on a quest this morning, found a Carl's Jr., they are out there in the streets. They out here. So, uh, got they some B's just... and G's. Well, actually, let me stop there. Got some B and G's because not plural. They hoodwinked me, and <laughs> I thought I was getting B's and G's, and got opened it up, and it was just one biscuit. What am I gonna do with one biscuit? First of all, can't get sick and... off that. No, I can't hear my guts on that one. Um, and on top of that, not the best. They can't even get into the what? same sentence with Brahms. Oh, yeah, bro. oh okay. So, so don't at me. If we're talking fast food, nothing's beat Brahms yet. So I know we try to respect. I mean, they're floating in those. They're floating in those when you open that thing Chunks up. Chunks of sausage. <laughs> Your biscuits are mostly wet. Brahms <laughs> is bland. Oh, that, so, maybe if you feel that way, you add a little salt, a little pepper, and you're, see, you're you don't right need the salt and pepper with Carl's Jr. It is perfectly salted. You've got the right mix of pepper. You got the creamy gravy. You open the biscuit. Did you ever open an Oreo as a kid, and all the yeah. Oreo fluff would be on one side, and you'd have the shell. You crack yeah. open this bad boy. You've got the <laughs> crispy, cavernous shell to scoop up that gravy. You eat that biscuit. You're like, wow, that was fantastic. What's this? I have another biscuit. Because they butter that biscuit. And because you, you crack have to open, buy that biscuit. <laughs> you buy that biscuit too. And you crack open that guy. It's buttered. And on one side, the side with the Oreo stuffing, there's two to three inches of biscuit fluff just sitting on that. You just rip that guy out, put him so, in the gravy. Now you got two <laughs> shells to dip in gravy. So I'm missing something I'm realizing. And I kind of thought I started to hear it in Scott's story. And now it's been confirmed by John's. Is the biscuit... Does it come? It's it's not smothered, pre-smothered in the. No, gravy. no. Also a surprise. Comes separate. Separate. You just you decide. Yeah, I, I mean, are you gonna choose like your own gravy? adventure. I don't want that. You guys think are the about pros. all that. Think about all that gravy just sitting in the corners on the bottom of the pan. Like you want it contained in that bowl so you can get optimum scoopage. And oh, get see, I ended up dumping it on. I ended up dumping it on uh, trying to recreate. You're not yeah, doing it right. Yeah, okay. Leave it, leave okay. It to the pros. I got another food-related item for you boys. Uh, have you guys had the Popeyes chicken chicken sandwich? No, but uh, I. It is. If I did, it's been a long time. Is it did new? you? Yeah. So they just came out with a chicken sandwich, and them and Chick Fil A have been going back and forth on social media, and Twitter's mm-hmm. been all a buzz about it. Let me read you. I had a, a friend help break it down for me. He sent me this description. Okay, let me break it down for people who haven't had chicken sandwich from either Chick-fil-A or Popeye's. Chick-fil-A's sandwich tastes like it was cooked by a white woman named Sarah who grew up around black people. (laughs) The flavor's definitely there, but Sarah cares about your cholesterol, so she's careful about (laughs) the breading and the grease content. 
Popeye's sandwich tastes like it was cooked by an older black lady named Lucille that serves on the usher board, has 12 grandkids that call her Medea, and Medea don't give a sh- about your cholesterol because <laughs> God's in control. <laughs> so I, I went on a quest with this friend to try and find the chicken sandwich, and we went to uh, three different Popeye's, and it was completely sold out. Like, yeah, it sold out everywhere. Huh. So I was able, we went a week later, and I was able to get it, and it's competitive with the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I will say that. It's they add, it's essentially the same exact ingredients of chicken, pickle, bun, but they also have a little sauce on it, and hmm. it's it's pretty good. So let me, and, and we'll probably have to do a whole episode on chicken restaurants, because we live in <laughs> Oklahoma, and there are many. But, Talking about that Canes, girl. Oh, hmm. Canes. But it's here's the thing. This is where I was going. Straight chicken strip. Just straight chicken strip. No sauce. No sauce. The best chicken strip is the spicy chicken strip from Popeyes. However, yeah, I can get I can, I can get that. However, in. you only get the best chicken strip from there 30% of the time. Because <laughs> 70% of the time, that puppy's been sitting under a heat lamp for two and a half hours. Hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> get out of Popeyes will change our tune but when, so you, can I, when you hit that 30% zone when that bad boy is spicy saucy or not saucy but spicy and juicy Lucinda so, make me another <laughs> chicken wing so when so, I was at uh, the when we finally did find it the line was absolutely buck wild there was a gentleman who bought I'm going to say 20 of them and went immediately to the parking lot and started oh, wow. selling them to the drive-thru. Wow. And then sold out Brilliant. instantly, came back, and got back in line. <laughs> That's that, that man's hustling. Wow. The grind is alive. So recently, uh, Wendy's brought back the spicy chicken nuggets. You guys see that? I did. There's a guy that I know. No chance to rap or not really partnership, but. There's a guy I know that he comes back. He logs into his Twitter every six months, tweets at Wendy's, our chicken spicy chicken nuggets back yet and then logs off and so it was it was a great moment for me to see him come back and just be and he said he's like well i guess i'm done here (laughs) (laughs) i haven't had those we need to have those yeah i think a chicken episode like our cereal episode is in Mm -hmm. order that's gonna feel real bad um is it time? Is it time can i also say well i'll save it i'll save it for the meat of the topic but are we ready to move into it yeah, if we're BKed, you got anything else you want to throw in? I ain't got nothing. The rails have come off for me. Best to move <laughs> on. That takes me places. My goodness, that takes me places. Yeah, it's a very happy, a very happy tune. Good stuff. Well, if you listen to the last episode, which a little side note, I've heard from two different people that they got scared and had to turn it off. <laughs> uh, so that's good. But we're talking about the Office TV show today, and uh, I want to give you a little history of the Office, even though I bet pretty much everyone knows what the show is and has seen it. But if you don't. The Office is based on a British version, original version of the show. It's also a German version, which I found, by the way. But it's a, uh, 
British television mockumentary sitcom, first broadcast in the UK on BBC Two on July 9th, 2001. It was created and written and directed by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. And it follows the day-to-day lives of office employees in the Slough branch of the fictional Wernham Hog Paper Company. I'm reading from Wikipedia, by the way, if you didn't notice. Uh, they made 14 episodes. And it was first shown on BBC Two. They say ratings very low, but it has since become one of the most popular British comedy exports citation needed. <laughs> Are you Ron Burgundy w- reading everything? <laughs> this, this is Wikipedia, after all. Anyways, the U.S. Office version aired March 24th, 2005. Dates are important because I want to talk about like when we actually got around to seeing it. Uh, mm-hmm. To May 16th, 2013, lasting nine seasons, received five Golden Globe nominations, one win, seven, seven Emmy Award nominations, four wins. If you haven't seen it, it is on Netflix until next year, and then it's getting yoinked for some reason I don't know. But have we not seen that yet? So, how did you guys... How did you come across The Office? When did you watch it? How did you watch it? Like, why did you watch it? Because I feel like, like I said in the last episode, I feel like how and why and when you watch TV, corresponding with that stage of your life, I feel like it just says like a lot about you and who you were at a person at that time. Oh, it's so going to say a lot about me then. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, I feel like I need to go, go Well, so I was going to say I go first because I think Scott's Scott is the resident office head. He is... He is definitely the biggest fanboy of us all, and he is the roast one. me. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm setting this. This might sound that way. It's boom roasted. Office boom reference? roasted. Uh, <laughs> see, like that, I would have missed that entirely. But, <laughs> but yeah. So I actually came across it. I watched, got turned on to Parks and Rec, which is very, very similar mm-hmm. uh, style shooting and everything to The Office. Fell in love with Parks and Rec. Thought this is the greatest television show ever and then in talking with scott or somebody scott is ultimately the one who pushed me to the office but in talking to him he was like hey you got to watch the office it's better than parks and rec and i said there's nothing better than parks and rec and then (laughs) there was something better than parks and rec and now the office is hands down my favorite sitcom so you're saying you netflix streamed it oh yes sorry so i watched Taylor and I, we watched the entire eight or nine seasons, whatever it is, in an embarrassingly short amount of time. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, and that I guess that's important. So I watched it like literally probably three or four years ago. Like it was fairly recent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scott, did you catch any of the like live TV airings? Were you up to date? So I didn't start up to date. I started watching it in 2007. And I had like definitely heard about it. I don't even remember what prompted me, what the uh, like the impetus was for me to do this. But I bootlegged it off the old torrent. So I was because I used <laughs> to guys. I was in college. I I hope in the statute of limitations is over for this. But <laughs> I bootlegged lots of stuff during college. Um, Boy, just pile it on. <laughs> I mean everything. Um. So. Uh, and not to say that I still don't get and dabble a little bit of torrent here and there. Yeah. <laughs> you need to move on. <laughs> but I got the, okay. Hey, we'll come back and cut this. Um, yeah, so I had downloaded um, the first few seasons of it that were out at that time, and 
watched it. So I was uh, dating the girl who was to become my wife at the time, and I watched it by myself because I was like, ah, let me like check this show out. And so I would like watch it while I was like studying or something if I was hanging out by myself. And I remember getting to like both of us remember this. I remember getting to beach games. Do you guys remember that episode where oh, Michael's yeah, trying to one. pick a replacement? And I was dying so hard laughing. I had to show my roommates and I had to then I was like, I'm starting all the way over. I had to bring Brittany <laughs> Like, I was like, this is now what we are doing. This is what we are about as a couple is this show. Um, and it's still that way. I mean, we don't, uh, we used to, we don't have a TV in our room anymore, um, but we used to go to sleep to it every single night, like up until we got, t- got rid of the TV in our room. So like, and it's still like our go-to if it's like, we don't have something to throw on, then we'll just like, let's watch a couple episodes of The Office. Yeah. Yeah. I caught it late because kind of like i mentioned previously how i I missed like a lot of pop culture stuff i was just kind of like really not exposed to much and so i remember people the thing i remember is people posting on facebook about the finale um so i don't so when was that 2013 i guess and i didn't i didn't Mm -hmm. watch it at that point and um we found similar to brian we found parks and rec first um and it was it was kind of a place where we're both like my wife was in law school I was in this job that was like destroying my soul on a daily basis. And so like we found Boy, Parks hopefully and Rec. not the one we used to work <laughs> together in. Uh, <laughs> we're going to cut this. <laughs> no, it was uh, not that job. I can't say <laughs> to a fact, but I'll not give more details. <laughs> just go to my LinkedIn. Just kidding. Um, so we started watching Parks and Rec and I had never really been exposed to, I feel like that style of comedy. I had watched other things, but we we put it on and then similar to Scott, like just laughing so hard. You know, mm-hmm. we'd watch, we'd come up from work, we'd watch like four or five episodes and then we did that for like weeks until we got through them. Um, let me ask you guys, you mentioned in the history that it's obviously like, I don't know, based on or inspired by the British version. Have you guys watched the British version? Dude, I couldn't get through it. It it, it's, it was like kind of, I like, uh, what's his name? Ricky Gervais. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I like him. I think he's he's pretty funny, but f- I don't know. I think knowing knowing the office as I knew it with like Michael Scott and stuff, it just it it wasn't. It just didn't even come close for me. I haven't seen it. Have you? Yeah, Scott? I I thought it was actually pretty dang good. The part that was hard for me is there's and if you're try to imagine watching our office with the amount of cultural like pop references that they make uh. to like the and just even like regional ish type stuff to where it's like I don't know what like they are even talking about when it comes to like pop culture you know uh, like celebrities and like regional type politics that are going on um, right. so that part of it is like hard but so the office talk about that type of comedy like michael scott the the cr- absolute cringe of like moments that he gets into yeah. ricky gervais is like i mean they are like head to head of champions <laughs> of the like discomfort type comedy and he gets into some stuff that like 
I have to like hide. Like I can go yes. watch it and I can sit there and like stare it down. And I'm like, yeah, this was, this is spooking me. I can't like physically watch scenes from both the, the British office and the American office. Like so I'm like, I have to leave. <laughs> there's two episodes. I feel like that are just like, one of them is like funny and bad. And one of them like gives me visceral pain to watch. Yeah. The yeah. first one I think is funny. And I think it's just a fantastic episode is the dinner party. Oh, so good. It's so good. So good. Um, what, I mean, is there another one that sticks out in your mind? Well, I'm, so my wife and I, are we are re-watching the series. Like, so typically when we, will, when we will watch it, we'll be like, we'll just turn on Netflix and like bounce around from episode to episode of like, oh, this one's yeah. a funny one. Let's skip these. This one's a funny one. But we've been like re-watching it entirely from the beginning. And um, we just did the one Diwali night where Michael yeah, proposes, which is like... He's just like in the moment feeling it and it's just like just proposes to her and she's like, Can we talk about this in private? And he's Can like, What? She's like, Can we talk about this in private? Like in front of everybody. Know, do you know what the worst one is? What's that? Oh. Hey, Mrs. oh. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make a the most cringe. Hey, Mrs. This episode Scott's talk. So that I made one hurts me to watch <laughs> i was working on trying to make a top 10 episode list and i couldn't i made like a top 50 um but i also wanted to do the same thing with like the cringe most cringeable episodes and that one is easily number one yes. like heads above and and it's brilliant too like the way they oh. build it up and then you crash and then they build it back up again and then you crash like even harder it's when he gives them the great. laptop batteries yeah. and he's like i can't you can't go to college but but I can't pay to send you to college, but you don't always have to go to a physical college now. With internet, you can go to college from home, and you can't do that without a laptop. And you can't power a laptop without a laptop battery. <laughs> Everyone's like, mother. So there's there's one neither one of you have mentioned that is a hundred times more cringy, and it's the diversity day one. With, oh, uh, it, is, it is very cringy. It is very Jeez. cringy. Especially when that guy's like, my name is Mr. Brown. He's like, I'm not falling for that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the one where he kisses Oscar or is that different? No, no. No, that's that's a different one. So about that, though, when I was watching that for the first time and it happened, Oscar, like, kind of like, like, you can see him kind of like smirk, smile, Uh laugh. Yeah. And I remember watching that going like, man, that was weird. He like, I'm surprised he didn't like redo that or retake that or whatever. And when I get into something, you guys, I might have mentioned this before, I like deep dive and I'm mm, like reading the behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes and I'm trying to figure out what was improv and what was written. One quick sidebar, they say for the most part, everything that happens was like written by the writers and they didn't like improv too much yeah. off of it. Which is incredible but because the writing it's for brilliant. some of these characters is some of the best writing like bar yes. none, like just yeah. some of the character development that they do throughout the series. And I mean, Michael Scott, just some of the stuff that he says, it's like, where did they even come up? Like that is incredible. Dude. Yeah. It's so, brilliant. But, so what about but, that scene? So about that scene. So the reason he does that is because the scene was supposed to just be Michael getting really, really, really close to Oscar, oh, no. but not <laughs> actually doing it. Kisses him. But then when they went to film it and they actually did it, he actually kissed him. So like him <laughs> actually kissing him wasn't supposed to be in the show. So that's why you see Oscar like 
smirk a little bit and then they cut off of him. What? So after Michael does that, who does Dwight try to kiss? Uh, Doesn't he like instantly yeah, try to yeah. kiss somebody and they're like, Dwight? Andy? I don't I remember. Don't, I don't remember. So don't one know. of my favorite things on that line, I love watching bloopers of comedy shows. Oh gosh, yes. and they've got like, some of the it best. Is almost my favorite. Like more than even more than the show. I love watching the bloopers behind the show. Mm-hmm. And there's I mean, there's some great, great office bloopers. My favorite thing is like because there's some people who are like comedy. I feel like Steve Carell, he's like a comedy yeah. icon. Like he's yeah. seasoned. And it, like if you can get him to break, that's like a that's like a huge accomplishment. If you can say something ad lib to break him in a scene. And those are those are my favorite parts, is when it, it gets Steve Carell, which just gets everyone else just cracking up. I'm yeah. like my favorite is similar, but it is Steve Carell getting people to crack. Of like yeah. Jim unable, he's like Jimmy oh, yeah. Fallon level where he like can't not laugh. Yeah. And they like retake, retake, retake. And he's like and getting mad that he pain. can't. <laughs> or like when he's doing prison mic and they're all just having to sit there, watch him do it, and he's just like yelling at them. Yeah. You know, with this bandana on, just the Dementors are the worst part of prison, and they just have to like sit there and listen to it. I'm like, you would never get a clean take from me. You would so, never get one. So related to kind of the first part of the conversation, there was an article I read, and I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it. But they they were talking about how like the office isn't like the, the demographic for the office is like older. So it's like I say older, but it's like 28 to to 40 or something like that. And they were saying the reason like the younger generation is not into it is not because it's an older show or that it's not written well or whatever, but it's because it's so, uh, insensitive. Yeah. They go, they're so (laughs) insensitive at times that like the, the younger, like younger millennials or later Gen Z, like just can't. So this is out of control. Is this (laughs) this be censored? But like, it's just interesting. Cause like if that show came out, you know, a decade or, or, 15 years later or whatever like it it could have fallen on its face oh yeah why would never have took it taken off you know what i mean for the political incorrectness that that is not allowed talking about like when shows come out i feel like there's kind of like every show that comes out kind of learns from the the past one right if they do if they're good right they'll see what worked about the previous shows and kind of adapt them for me i feel like um parks and rec started very similar to the office i mean it's Mm -hmm. still like a mockumentary tv you know documentary filming style and for the the first season of parks and rec is like it's okay it's it's all right it's pretty good Um, but i feel like they they were trying to be the office too much yes and then in the second season they kind of figured out like who they were as a show they figured out where the characters were going Mm -hmm. and then i feel like one of the the thing I love about these shows, The Office, Parks and Rec, and even I think Brookline Nine Nine nailed this from the first episode. They watched Parks, they watched Office, and they came right out the gate with fully fleshed out characters. But I feel like for a show like that to work, you have to have every character has to be full. There can't be any like um, punchline guy or like. So my example for this is I've been watching Community recently, which is way older which I love and there's some fantastic stuff in community, mm-hmm. but they kind of failed to develop one of the characters, the Pierce, the older guy. Mm-hmm. And you could see it hurt the show. Like he was just not even in episodes. And mm-hmm. then there was like beef with him and the writers and they fell apart. Like because they, he never became a character, but the office and parks and rec, like 
every person in that office was fully developed. Like they had a story, they had an arc of where they're going. Like there wasn't, there wasn't Steve Carell and Jim and the other characters. Like they were right. all in it. I do. So let's talk about the characters because I feel like it would be, so for me, Michael Scott, it's like Michael Scott, number one yeah, tier break sure. to the rest of the people, but it gets like tough there. So who do you guys have? I mean, is Michael Scott your number one? Oh, 100%. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like okay, well, I'd go we Jim get, and Dwight get, tier two, probably. Yeah, I've got I've got Creed up in that. Dude, second on tier, tier two. I was, I was hoping I could, I could. He was like a sneaky surprise for you guys. I love Creed. <gasps> I mean, he's great, but like main character status? No, 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 he, no. This isn't about main character. Not oh, okay. yeah, yeah. This is not. Yeah, not who gets the most screen time and necessarily. Who maybe I just at just like love wise like favorite yes. characters. Yeah, okay. He doesn't. He is only dropping gold at all times. <laughs> like. The the episode where they have the uh, the product recall where like the duck doing the thing with the pig gets yeah. <laughs> like put on the paper and they're like he's like Michael's like Creed you really screwed the pooch on this one quality control it's your job and they cut to Creed and he's like I'm supposed to go down weekly to the factory to make sure that the quality like everything is checked out in the one year I blow my job off <laughs> <laughs> he's there like one week. And then he and then he totally gets someone fired because yeah, he's like, he oh, so and so was who wasn't there when I came? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so he like gets Debbie so and so fired or whatever. But it's like <laughs> the one year I blew off my job is no, just like, dude, he's my so my, money. My favorite moment with him was it was a Halloween episode, and everybody yes. he comes in and everybody's like dressed up and all the stuff, and he's got like blood like drenched all over him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're a car victim or something. They say whatever they think he is. And then it cuts to him doing his like interview. And he was he says something like, boy, that was convenient time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, convenient. It's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, well, he has another one where he's like, oh, it's the murder game. Yes. And he's like, there's been a murder. The murder. And he's like, cool, cool thing, boss. I'm just going to check in. I'll be right back. And then you just see him like booking it yeah. out of the parking lot. <laughs> I gotta I gotta mention whenever Ryan starts him a blog, oh, um, and, and Creed thinks he has a blog, but it's like just a Google Doc. But he's like, yeah, you can just go visit creedthoughts.blogspot.gov.backslashwww.creedthoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan's like, yeah, I've read some of it, and even for the internet, it's pretty scary. <laughs> so, All right, so I think who else we got? I mean, Kevin, Kevin, I really do. I like love Kevin. Kevin. I love just. I had respect how much for of... him when you heard when I, if you heard his real voice. Uh. Uh-uh. Like the Kevin voice is a voice that he does. Uh. And he talks like a normal. Like when I heard his normal voice, I was like, "Whoa!" The the Kevin guy is a full character you've made with that voice. That just like took him way up for me. Go find his like real voice. He's just like, oh yeah. I need hey to guys, yeah. Out. How's it going? Uh, David Wallace. I know he is a. B level character, if at best. I mean, he's like, bad, but I always just really enjoy his antics, just his interactions with Michael, because he like is such a nice guy. You can tell he's like trying to see the best in Michael, but he's also like, come on, man, you gotta throw me a bone sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I really like when Stanley 
like breaks into his mad mode or like is excited like there's a time where uh his daughter or whatever starts like kind of flirting with ryan and he pulls ryan in the other room what are you looking for boy jesus can come through that door and he just like goes off on him and that's that's one of my i think one of my favorite scenes of the entire show or in the basketball episode and michael's like picking the team he's like Yep, Jim's playing Stanley, of course, and <laughs> Stanley's like, "Why me, of course?" He's like, "Hmm, oh, what? I didn't hear anything." <laughs> and then later, he's like, "Me." Michael's like, "Me, of course. I heard it that time." <laughs> but Stanley just always takes umbrage with, you know, just getting like being the token black guy, and Michael always thinking he must have like grown up very tough. <laughs> so one another character i like that that doesn't he he's not really the best character but he has the best like like role in the show or one of the funnier roles in the show and that's toby i <laughs> his I interactions just, with michael is one of my favorite dynamics well <laughs> it's like the whole like have you you guys have seen like how they there's this like subreddit that talks about him being the, uh, the like Scranton strangler Scranton yeah. strangler and and all that stuff dude it's I love Creed. I love Creed. Can we sorry, so talk Creed, about Jim and Pam? Please. Yeah. So one so, thing real quick, Scott, go have ahead. you seen the entire show? Because you said something in a text that, okay, well, yes. big spoiler coming out. There's a point in the episode, I have it written down, season seven, episode 22, where Michael leaves. Mm-hmm. But you have seen past that, right? I've seen it in its entirety. Okay. One time through. Okay, and I okay. stop. Wa- Listen, there. Are, it's not to say um, that there is not like merit to the rest of the show. There's still plenty of like funny stuff, but for mm-hmm. me, it's just this like there's this stark difference when Michael's there, Michael's not there. That it's just like it's it changes it too much for me. That I just like yeah. ah, I'm just gonna restart. Um, I I would say like like I said, Andy is hilarious and is like a capable of carrying a large part of that load, but just is not like Michael. Yeah, I so I actually that's the part of the show I don't like because I don't like how where they put Andy. They kind of mm-hmm. made him into like a jerk and like overly selfish instead of being this like kind of silly goofy guy. Uh-huh. And I and maybe he had to fill that role to like fill the office manager role, but I really don't like. I almost well, I didn't finish it when I saw I, that's where I stopped. And then Danielle was like, "You got to finish," which I really loved the way they wrapped it up. I thought the last season or so was great. But it, so, it, that actually stopped me. Other than Ryan, he has like the most changing character. So like Ryan, mm. they they change his character. Like he goes from like this kind of goofy sort of cool guy intern. Then he goes. Then he turns into this like boss type jerk figure, yeah. and then he turns into this like weird like weak, goofy, quirky uh-huh. guy. So he he changes a ton, but Andy, yeah, I agree with that. Andy Andy has a fairly decent character change when he becomes the boss. And we should have. I do want to make sure we talk about Andy because he is probably he is in that second tier with Creed for me, especially his anger outbursts that yeah. he has, where he he does it early, like in when when Jim goes to Stanford and like puts his stapler in Jello. And Andy's like, oh, okay, who did this? <laughs> and and Jim's kind of like making a Jim face. And then Andy's like, I need to know who did this or I'm going to lose my freaking mind. And punts his trash can. <laughs> Jim is like, never mind, never mind. And when he punches through the wall, <laughs> that was an overreaction. Can I hit the break room? Pam, can I get you anything? Coffee? And everyone's just like, 
looking at him just like mouth like slack jawed he's he's He's, really good i i don't like what they ended up doing with him at the end but i do feel like he he was another great like counterpoint to dwight because like right when you think like maybe the jim dwight thing could be getting old yeah that like they both are just like in constant competition but doing it differently you know what i mean like they're just very different personalities but after the same thing right so let's get back to let's get back to to jim and pam because there's there's one specific talk topic with them i'd love to chat about but overall scott well so it for me probably one of my just like favorite i still like can get a little bit weepy a little bit emotional watching like the early days just them building that relationship whenever on on casino night jim kisses her i'm just like ooh, i'm getting the butterflies like i'm i'm feeling the the heebie-jeebies about this and sad that i know what you know what i mean that oh man he's gonna go to stanford oh man i remember (laughs) i remember like having to like start instantly like start the next season because I had bootlegged and could, <laughs> um, but I was like, I gotta know right now what happens on this deal. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I enjoy their their relationship. I do want to chat about though, like, and we can get to it. It doesn't have to be right now, but just that, like, I think looking back on it, people have had some different like hot takes of like, I don't know if Jim should have been, he probably should have been respecting the engagement a little more um, yeah. than just like only going after the engaged girl. Well, so, so my overall take for them is they're kind of like a major season arc of many seasons. And I, they're kind of like, you know, the dest- perfect destined couple. I do like in the end how they show some like kind of realness to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's, there's stress there. There's like, maybe things are not as perfect as they seem. I really love that it wasn't just like happy go lucky bubbly the entire time. Mm-hmm. See, that's what's so funny is I, I don't remember what episode it happened. I don't know if it was after Michael left, but when he goes, it's like before he comes back to the office and he's like doing his own thing and he's like chasing his dream and all that stuff. For me, it distracted from the show a little bit and, and like took away from uh, like what the office kind of was. And, and they tried to like recover it. And some of it was like a great like lesson learned by john and like he's willing to give up his favorite or you know his dream job or whatever to come fall who's back. john did i say john oh john is a krasinski jim wow um but yeah jim's willing to give up you know everything to come be back with his family and stuff like that but i just feel like they hung there way too long hmm. and i was like i like that like, part I, yeah. I liked it i mean i was also like I mean, I still am. I was in like startup companies and stuff. And so I don't know if that just like was too like, oh, hey, that's fun. But the thing, one of the things I liked about that is when the camera guy like came out from behind the camera, I was like, whoa, they're going to do like, there's actually a part because the entire time it's like you're watching them film this documentary and you're thinking like, how, how are they getting this scene? Like, this mm-hmm. is in someone's house. How are they getting the scene? Are there cameras in their house? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, maybe they've given up on the documentary. Maybe it's just camera's a camera. But then the guy comes out and is like, oh, they are, like, they are sold on this. Like, there's, there's a, a full physical person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny because I literally am, like, completely opposite. I felt I, I thought it was cool that they did that, and I thought that was, like, a interesting thing. But to me, 
the show. I wish I knew specifically what season that was in, but to me, that's when the this show. Is the last start, one, I think. That's when the show starts to fade for me a bit, and um, I felt like, man, this is like their last desperate attempt to <laughs> to like do something new and interesting instead of getting back to like the core of what the show was. I I thought it was a clever way to wrap up the concept and like kind of bring it full circle, but I. Th- it like felt like it, so I've only seen it that like one time through completely. But I remember feeling like it characters were like deviating a little bit, or like Pam. It was like she had this like steadfastness, like like devotion to Jim. Um, that like then behind camera, this guy's like kind of sleazy coming in. Which she had that like the guy that was like trying to hit on her at college. Uh, when she went to like New York or whatever, but I don't know. I just some of it. I was like, this doesn't feel like this lines up with like Jim's kind or like <clears throat> Pam is like somewhat entertaining the like flirtations from this guy, you know. That I just was like, mm, I'm not liking this. This is kind of like taking away from the relationship that I've built up that they have in my mind. Yeah, I guess for me it's the opposite. Where I feel like I'm like, oh, this is like this could be a real world mm-hmm. thing. So even like when they. Ooh, I was upset during those episodes. I was like, if they break it off, <laughs> I'm going to put my computer or TV through the window because I was like, you cannot break them. Like, I loved how they pulled through. It's like, okay, this is like a real world thing. You know, people have problems. There's tough times and they pulled through and it made it like more sweet for me at the end, I think. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that. Have you... Uh have you guys and this is changing gears a little bit but have you guys seen there's a video out there of uh like uh, famous people who auditioned to be a part of yes, the office i was gonna bring that up uh-uh. so we'll have to share it on our twitter but the there's a at we used to podcast at we used to podcast on twitter follow us now <laughs> God, i'm so good at that did you just hear yes. how smooth that rolled off my tongue um but anyway there's like uh, there's this video and it's like a 10 minute video of all these different people auditioning for um, the office. And here I'll hit some of these just real quick. So Seth Rogen auditioned for Dwight. Okay. So help me. Help. Okay. So are you saying these are real? This is not like, yeah, these are real. These are the like little, I'm, not like they went back and did them as like w- no, reimagining like recordings it of their inner, their not interview. Yeah, you, what's the word? <clears throat> auditions. And you can I have not watch seen this. You can watch them. It's great. We'll send it to you right after this. So Seth Rogen uh, auditioned for Dwight. Bob Odenkirk for Michael. So he's he's Better Call Saul. Oh my uh, gosh! To think how for... different it would have been. But he also... was in it though. He was yeah, the he manager up... of the place that Pam yes. worked in New York, right? Yes. Well, she was like, uh, the... yeah, or wherever she was. The. Am I thinking about that right? Uh, he so was, he beca- he he does show up and he's the boss. It's that. it's the one that's like very similar to the office. It's got like similar characters and it, it lasts like two or three episodes, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find a couple other ones. The, oh, uh, the guy that plays Ben White, I forget his name, Adam something. The guy that plays Ben White in Parks and Rec. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Audition for Jim, I think. So, the so other, they had some fairly so, large because I feel like most of the people outside of Michael Scott, outside of um. Steve Carell, I don't feel like, which I which I love that it's like for the most part some fairly unknown like. Well, and that's the thing I took from watching this video is I mean Ed like, Helms is obviously, but he's not until much later. And then when yeah. Michael leaves, they're just like it's like a you know rotating door of like celebrities coming in. But before well, that, 
it's like, pretty low key people. Will Ferrell came in for a while, and from what I had read, he was supposed to be the replacement, but wasn't received mm. well, mm-hmm. and so they ended up like writing yeah, him out or something. Also, I believe that Phyllis had zero acting experience; that hmm. she was on set in some way, um, but they like brought her in as like a plant to like just have there to fill up and ended hmm. up like kind of shining a little bit. So if you, if you watch the first season and then watch the second season, you actually see where a lot of those. So, uh, uh, Creed and, and, um, I guess BJ or what's BJ's name in the show. Um, Ryan, Ryan, like he, they, he has a part, but, the why can't I think of the girl's name that Ryan falls in love with? Kelly. Mindy Kaling? Kelly, Kelly yeah, yeah. So she has no role for like two seasons and then becomes like a big one, but she's in there as like she was a writer on the show and they just had her like in the office. Um so but, another person that's a writer, Michael I think it's Michael Schur, um, plays Moe's, Dwight's yeah, cousin, is right. a writer on Parks and Rec. He's like that. the creator of Parks and Rec. Oh, he's a writer on Office as well, right? Yeah. Uh I think so, yeah. Or he does so, something with the office as well, and then he plays Moe's. Yeah, Ryan, Mindy's character, Kelly, uh, isn't and him, Toby? Th- it, yes, and Toby. I think were all like the key writers. And then they did something. I read something before where like they rotated who directed or something like that. Like they would have like different directors and stuff for different episodes. Yeah. And I don't mean to jump back, but the, I was building up to a name uh, of somebody who auditioned that was kind of wild. And I think he was actually a somebody at the time, but Patton Oswald interviewed or, or auditioned for Dwight's uh huh. role in the show as well. And his is wow. his is pretty wild. It's kind well, of wild to auditions. think about what would change. You know what I mean? Like the dynamic, how much it would shift with some of those individuals. Yeah, because it's I got the feeling that with the auditions, like all these now we know big name actors, basically they all auditioned for the same thing. Like they're all auditioning for the same parts on every different show they can find. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get like Seth Rogen and the guy that plays Ben Wyatt and Pat Nottel. Right. And it's just like, they don't get it. And when you think about the people that got it, it's just like, of course it's them. Like there's no way it could be anybody, but Steve Carell or Rain Wilson. Like right, there's no right. other Steve Carell or there's no other Michael Scott without Steve Carell. Yeah. And that maybe is even a good segue to, I want to make sure we talked about like our tier twos and down guys, but we got to give a little bit of time oh, yeah. to Michael Scott and just the absolute like treasure trove of a character that he is at times like, uh, you know, he is an exaggeration. Like he is a caricature of a person, but there are other times where I'm like, that's also a guy I know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, I mean, just he's, he's detached from reality in some ways that just absolutely like capture my heart. The first one is he's always referencing hanging out with, either Jim, Ryan, or Daryl. Like, he is always <laughs> thinking that he has a, like, special relationship with them that, like, does not exist. But, like, when he's trying to play hooky at the, like, for the cold open on one of the episodes, and and he's like, this way I can skip out of the office and, like, go hang out. And Dwight's like, we can go play hooky. And he's like, yeah, mm, I probably would be doing it with, like, Jim or Daryl or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he just, like, has this, like, in his head, this reality where, like, they don't look at him like he's the boss, but as like a friend and he is never viewed that way by anybody. And he has this just, he thinks he's going to end up somehow magically being a very rich, like celebrity 
of like no effort of his own. He wants nothing more than a family. You know what I mean? There's just yeah. like some stuff that like. Well, there's like a sweet and like very. There's a very kind person in there too. Yes, it's like, there's, there's like moments a where it comes childlike. Out. Yeah, where it's just like, oh man, that's actually really sweet. Well, like I think he... for me. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. Was it, I was gonna say there's one of the there's an episode where he talks about hockey and I can't remember what it was. But they were talking about he's like talks about how he wanted to be a professional hockey player, mm-hmm. and he's like, but you're on the road a lot and it makes it really hard to have a wife and kids. And I really want to have a wife and kids. And at this point, he's like mid to late thirties. You know what I mean? And he's not yeah. like seriously dating anybody, but he like he like sees this future for himself that is always a reality, no matter where he's at today. His tomorrow is always possible, yeah. and there's like I something. Mean, I did like, pretty good. I'm on a yacht. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's exactly right. He's like when he donates the. He's like, oh, okay. There's this guy that's donated this this whole hospital wing, and his name was Michael Scott. And the guy's like, how do you know? And he's like, because I'm him. And it's like, what future do you exist in where you can donate a hospital wing, Michael? Like, yeah. You you know what I mean? Like it's just. But the, he's always got this limitless future. The thing for me that I think Steve Carell, the reason it. I think he's the best and why it makes the show is he can convey like something awkward happens and you can see like three or four transitions on his face. Oh yes. And they perfectly describe you. Like you can feel his emotions, what he's thinking just with these slight variations in his face. And that's why I think it's so perfect and why it's, he can just convey those moments because you just see his entire complexion change, but ever so slightly, he's just perfect at it. So that's funny because that is my favorite, one of my f- like favorite things that exists in the world period is Calvin and Hobbes, the comic series. And th- that is my favorite thing about it is, is Bill Watterson's ability to capture in a very limited, like a, a palette of like emotions that you can even really display, like in the way he draws it. But like somehow there is this just like, he can put Calvin into all these different scenarios where you can just see different shades of panic, different shades of like anger or excitement or all these different things that like it always, it's the exact thing with Michael Scott where he like, if he's cringing or if he's excited about something or frustrated, like he just wears it so well. Yeah. Well, and I I think for me, so he's my favorite type of character, but in a slightly different way. So I'm like a huge anti-character like fan. So Mm -hmm. Breaking Bad has, um, Oh, as I say, I'm a huge fan, and I forget the main character's Walter name. Walter White, my man, Walter the man White. who knocks. So has like Walter White in it. Um, Speaking of, y'all see there's a movie coming out? I did see that. Yeah, boy. Is that what Mezcal, which was a big lead up to nothing. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> but, yes. Oh, that total little smoke screen. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but but I'm just like, I house, like, I, I love those types of characters that are like, uh, on they should be like if you just break down their actions if you just break right, down what they're right. doing you should be you should, rooting against them but you just love them and yeah. michael scott is that he's a little bit different variation of that but like he just with such brilliance he does things that, like like I, I specifically i remember thinking like the show is almost unbelievable because it's like how on earth could this guy have this job right but then they do <laughs> things like like he's a, apparently like an incredible salesman. Yeah, and lands like, the sale. Like well, he's he, very charismatic and charming, and just yes. yeah, he's able to just he's got magnetism that even though he's a complete just doofus at times, <laughs> he's able to stumble backwards into stuff. And and so anyway, I, I I love that about him. Okay, to close us out, we've got a little quiz prepared for you boys. 
I'm nervous. I don't have any theme music. I don't know why you're nervous, Scott. So I'm over here forgetting the names of characters to my favorite shows. And (laughs) that's true. You that's true. You haven't missed a single thing yet. I will say this: you guys have set me up for only failure in IRL because what happens is people IRL quiz me on the office. And I'm not ready for it, like what was about to happen. And they're like, hmm, thought you knew all the apps. I'm like, I'm embarrassed. (laughs) That's sort of what I was just doing. I was preemptively setting up. There is no way I lose here because I've already lost. But there's a lot of ways for Scott to lose. (laughs) All right. If you think this is a fair quiz for you, Scott, you are mistaken. Oh, I love it. Question number one for Brian. What is the name of the real life city our Dunder Mifflin office is set in? Scranton, Ohio. No. Close. Scranton, Pennsylvania. My bad. PA, baby. PA. Where did Ohio come from? Scranton. (laughs) Off to a good start. We're counting that as one point for Brian. Give me one of those. (laughs) Okay, Scott. In season four, episode one slash two fun run, what is the full name of the race the office members participated in? Okay. Michael Scott. Meredith Palmer. Memorial. Fun run pro ham race for the cure, something along those lines. Oh my lines. gosh, that's so close, Scott. That's pretty close. I'll give you that. Is one. It? I was gonna, I was gonna blast you on it. It's Michael Scott's Dunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro Am Fun Run Race for the Cure, <laughs> and Race for the Cure comes after by Pam Race yes. for the Cure. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one and one. Some of these questions are taken from an interview where Rain Wilson goes to Billy Eilish. Eilish, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. It's a singer's house. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I saw that. Uh, I question number two. Brian, of course when Pete Jim... Ah, oh, dang it! <laughs> I got caught! When... <laughs> oh, you already saw that, Brian? That's funny. I did. <laughs> he just came out. Brian, when Jim impersonates Dwight, he lists three things that are interests of Dwight that all start with the letter B. What are they? Beats, bears, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, you're I mean, killing me, man. Can you do correct, it in the order, in the wrong order. <laughs> Bears beats Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, that's yes, it. Yes, that's yes. it. I mean, I still get a point. Okay, we'll give it. So it's two, yes. and then Scott's up. Scott, I'm going to drop an image into our Discord. Okay. I want you to tell me what episode this is from. It's loaded. John loves dropping <laughs> images okay. that podcasters can't see. So let while Scott is racking his brain, I'm going to attempt to describe it to you. I feel like to the right of this, Michael is cringing about something he's done and they're like, oh, Michael. (sighs) So this is actually a troll question because for everyone who is listening and does not see the image, I uploaded like a blurry shot of like the background of the office. The (laughs) most you can see is someone's (laughs) ear. You can see Michael Scott's ear. You can see an earlobe. It is actually Jim when he's impersonating Dwight. Dang it. I'll give you, okay. Those are my troll questions. Here's my real one for you, Scott. When Michael orders food, went out to lunch with the insurance salesman, Mafia mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. what does he order? Okay. He says, I'm going to order the da-da-da. If it's not right, I'll send it back. Yep. Um, does he get a caprese salad? It is an Italian dish. Is it? Is I it think. just straight up, like, is it just pasta? Maybe? Of some I don't kind? actually know what Alfredo? this dish is. What is it? The Gabagool. The Gabagool. How do you spell that? I don't know. No one knows. Okay, last one for you, Brian. 
I'm ready. Season two, episode twelve. The injury. Michael oh, hurts gosh. his foot. How does he do it? And why? He I forget the why. Oh come but on. But for some reason he puts his foot in a waffle iron. <laughs> the George Foreman. The George Foreman, but what I can't remember the why. I, can't I love to wake up to the smell of bacon. So sue me. Oh, yeah, and so he put it on the ground, he stepped on it, that's right. I remember now. That's no point for me, probably. Or half a point, give me half. Uh, I haven't been keeping track, but I have been trying to troll out of 10 Scott. But Mm. he really is the master. I mean, we would talk about a scene, and he would just give me, like, five lines of dialogue. So, (laughs) in classic Fairyland world, it was a tie. You both are winners. Congrats. Perfect. Does Scott have a Wait, he got more questions. (laughs) He got more questions than me. (laughs) Oh, do you need one? Okay. Oh, I got a list. Which one <laughs> okay, I'll fine. I'll give you when you big baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this one? What is the name of Jan's Candle Company? Okay, I'm trying to make sure I get it right. It's is it candles by Jan or scents by Jan? Smells by Jan? Something of that sort. Um, it's close. Starts with an S. S by Jan. Serenity. Serenity. Oh, gosh, dang it. Yes. Okay, this one's for Scott to bring it back up. Didn't agree. Who said this? I feel God in this Chili's tonight. Oh, that's Pam on the Dundies episode. Yeah. And then she follows it with a, whoa! (laughs) Now you're both tied. That's how. Yeah, give me a, (laughs) feed me that. A real, uh, a real, uh, who's like. Yeah. Boy, that was a bad reference. (laughs) I think that. That does it for me. Anything else about the office, you guys? I mean, it's. I could talk about every single character for a whole episode. So Scott could make this a uh, office podcast. And maybe yeah. that's what we should have done. Yeah, instead that of would Pokemon. Be fun. Yeah, that would <laughs> actually would have fit better. We could have just. That's actually not a bad idea, guys. I mean, we might have, we might have stumbled on something. <laughs> All right, pivot. <laughs> Join us next week as we start with episode one, season one, <laughs> The Office. Well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If this is your first time listening with us, how this show kind of works is we play drops over the way that people are talking. <laughs> Sorry, I had pushed it before, <laughs> and it took it a second. Uh, does anyone have a drop they want to play in this moment? <laughs> so this is your first time listening to us. The way this show kind of works is we alternate between the three of us, each picking a topic to pitch to the other two guys and talk about... Brian, I believe you're up. So the best part about this is live during this show, it hit me that I was up. And so I was curious. (laughs) We didn't talk about it in the pre-show. And I was like, is Brian G to G? So it (laughs) snuck up on me. And then what you guys can do is scroll back through our discord and you'll see my desperate attempt for affirmation for the next episode. They didn't give oh, it to me. Oh, thing we didn't reply to? <laughs> they didn't give it to me, so they just getting it. Next episode, we're going to deep dive into something we briefly, briefly touched on. Oh, I'm just now seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scott. And that is the world of streaming, Twitch, Mixer, all of those things. And I've got some ideas. I've got some ideas. Even if you're not familiar, which Scott and JMO are less familiar, although JMO has started to dabble. I've got some thoughts Ineffectively. <laughs> you can follow my Twitch stream at uh, scottthoughts.twitch.blogspot.gov backslash scottstream. Well, and let's be real. This is just a giant plug for my Twitch channel. So. <laughs> yeah. What There's is all that? of this? I'm, I don't know if we've... 
Have we ever said it? Twitch.tv slash BKET. Twitch.tv slash BKET. You can follow me there for free. Oh, nice. That kind of rhymed. Uh, but anyway, guys, we just want to say a huge, huge thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Even when the wheels came off real early for <laughs> me. And like we said at the top of the show, make sure you drop us a follow on Twitter at We Used to Podcast. If you got a question, maybe we got a scuttlebutt episode coming up soon. Ooh, you can email us at fans at we used to work together.com and be sure no matter where you're listening, Apple, Google, Spotify, drop a five star review. I don't care if it's a TI 84 calculator, you find a way to drop <laughs> a five star review. <laughs> Those got apps. See ya! Bye. Bye 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 bye.